Hey, welcome again to the Making Disciples Every Day podcast. My name is Jason Dukes. I'm on team with Brentwood Baptist here along with Paul Wilkinson and our special guest today, the campus and teaching pastor of the church at West Franklin, the good Dr. Matt Pearson. Ha ha. Hello, Jason. Hello, Paul. Good to be here. <laughs> so we are so glad you're with us and uh, excited. This current series that we're, that we're uh, listening to on Sundays right now is entitled, You Will Be My Witnesses. And so far, we've talked about God's story. We've talked about our own story. And today, I thought we'd spend a little bit of time talking about then how how our story, the story that God's defining, how as we love people, as we engage with others, whether it's ongoing or one time, that in the midst of us living disciple-making lives, we're going to have gospel conversations. And if we love people well, they welcome us into their life. How do we connect our story into their story? How do those two bridge together? And so that's what we're going to spend a few minutes on. And whether you're on your drive time or you're working out or whatever, if this is just background noise, who knows? But we're thankful that you're listening in. And I did want to say this right off the bat, and I'll say it again at the end. As we get going and keep going with this, if you ever have questions about things, you certainly can email in to us and ask those questions, and we'll try to address them the next time we hop on the podcast. I'll give that email at the end. So let's dive right in. Matt, tell us just real briefly, to start with, just briefly, kind of your background so people can get a feel in case they're not as familiar with the Frank as we affectionately call it, to let them know where you're from, how you got here. If you want to mention your family, you can. We know how important that is to you. And uh, and then we can kind of go from there. Okay. Well, Jason and Paul, first, thanks for having me. It's uh, I know y'all needed somebody smart in the room and y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all picked the right, right person. Uh, but I've been, I've been here uh, in, in Franklin, part of the Brentwood now for about four and a half years. And I came from the great state of Arkansas, uh, I was there uh, a little over 10 years where I pastored. Uh, originally, however, I'm from North Alabama, a small town called Hartzell. If you ever go down I-65 to Birmingham, you're going to go right through it. And so originally from there, and so I used to drive into Franklin and, and Nashville, and, and, and so it was somewhere we would go as a family from time to time. I uh, met my wife, Katie, while attending uh, Auburn University. And um, knew pretty much while I was at Auburn that I was going to be going into full-time Christian ministry. So not long after that, not long after I graduated and got married, I uh, started going to seminary at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary where I met you, Jason. Yes, yes. And had those your are dad, good days. Had your dad as a professor uh, in Greek uh, during my time there. And uh, from there, I'm making some very long stories, very short, but it was uh, called to pastor at two different places in Arkansas. I uh, was asked to serve on a search team for the International Mission Board while we were searching for a president, which who became David Platt at the at the time, uh, and was on the search team there for the International Mission Board at where I met Scott Harris. And uh, over lunch one day with Scott Harris, he said, "Hey, have you ever heard of Franklin, Tennessee? What do you think?" And uh, long story short, here here I am. That's awesome, Scott yeah. Harris uh, using his connection and wooing powers as He's normal. brilliant. The walking yes. Rolodex. Yes, yes. that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. So, so West Church at West Franklin, pastor there, and you've been a pastor for a while. Almost 20 years. I'm, I'm sure as you engage in gospel conversations that people just roll out the red carpet for you, right? Like talk to us, talk to us about <laughs> what that's like being a pastor as you even try to connect your story with yeah. other people's yeah. story. Yeah, that's a great question. 
And it's it's interesting because I think people think that the paid professional has all these ends and all these red carpets, to use your language. And I would have thought so growing up. Uh, but I've had it's it's been the opposite effect, uh, actually. Um, usually, when I'm talking to a lost and searching person, I I I hope they don't ask what I do, not because I'm not proud to be. I'm I'm grateful. I love being a pastor. Sure. I don't mind them knowing I'm a pastor, but it does one of two things. Ninety nine percent of the time, one of two things will happen. Either they will say, "Oh, oh yeah, well I'm a, I'm a member of a church," and they usually can't remember the pastor's name. Uh, no disrespect, that's usually the case, and so they they cover their cover their bases, or I'm backed up two years. For instance, uh, I've been getting my haircut from the same lady. Her name's Gina. Pray for her if you think about it. I've been getting my haircut from her two and a half, maybe three years, and we're just now getting to where she's kind of taken off the the veneer, taking off the masks yeah. to where to where I'm I'm learning about some of her history, some of her pain, some of her hurts. Mm. Because she knew from moment one I was getting a haircut, what I did. And it is it is it has been we we've had a good rapport, but don't go past the surface. Yeah. And so we're just now, she's just now finding out, okay, I, I'm human and that I'm not going to, you know, I, I've, I've invited her to church a couple of times. And of course she says, you know, the walls are going to come down if I ever come in and then we laugh and blah, blah, blah. But it, it, it's taken a long time because I think she knows what I do. Yeah. Uh, I've also played golf with guys and would be on a threesome or a foursome. And you should hear the things that come out of their mouths and about whole seven, one of them will say, so what do you do? And I tell them, and all of a sudden their mouth gets sanctified, <laughs> and and I don't, I, I appreciate that. You have that same effect on me. I, I, I know. Don't, I, I don't know. cuss half as I, much I when I'm around you. I this. know. I just, uh, just, <laughs> just a yeah. Um, and I, I'm grateful that they respect that, but I don't want them to stop being them, kind yeah. of thing. And so, yeah, it's it's. There's a reason Paul said in Ephesians four. Pastors and teachers equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Doesn't mean we don't yeah. share the gospel. Yeah. We always need to be intentional and living with living for that. But there is this stigma that's there that's not there if somebody that they see in the office every day uh, is changed yeah. or being changed by Jesus. It's, yeah. it's different. That's really good. Yeah, when I was in Orlando, I felt the same way. I mean, we lived in an area of town where it was not churched, quote unquote, there was not, there, there were people of multiple backgrounds and many of them worked at Disney. And, and I remember how often I would try to avoid the question almost, mm -hmm. but again, like you, not because I wasn't proud or thankful or grateful to be a pastor, sure. but because of the, of the roadblocks I yeah. saw it put that's, up. That's a good way to put roadblocks. And, yeah. and, and it was, it was hard. And, and it did take time, like you said, to, to mm -hmm. earn that trust. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. Any follow-ups on that, Paul? And I'll jump in the party as well, because I've experienced that too as a philosopher. Used to love speculating with friends on whether aliens exist, I mean, whether we have free choices and all yeah. that. And we would just talk for hours into the, into the morning. And then you come back with a PhD, you think you finally have a couple of coherent answers and it's just like the Wild West, nothing but tumbleweeds and yeah. no one to talk to anymore. There's something about having some competency that, that scares people away. I think that uh, certainly before that and certainly with a lot of the folks 
as we do groups here, what they struggle with, and, and you've mentioned it, that the mouths on the golf course clean up when they're around you. And there's almost this view that as vocational ministers, we're all ministers, but we vocational on staff in a local church that somehow we are sinless now. We're already in glorified bodies or something. Mm-hmm. And I've had people ask me, um, how do we be transparent without destroying our witness? Mm. How do we help people understand that we're in the same boat? But what separates me from you is not that you sin, I don't sin, but that we both sin, yet I'm in Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough road. So, so how do we question. not show weakness and yet be transparent? Is that a question for me? Paul? Yes. How do we show weak? How do we show weakness while being transparent? Yeah. Like how how do you how do you how do we allow vulnerability to be there and and not be afraid of? I think it goes back to. I'll go back to the the lady that cuts my hair. Time, time with, where, because I can say. I sin too. But I even think when I say that, the category is, well, you may say a bad word in your mind in traffic once every six months. Whereas, you know, and, and, and she's thinking my sins are much deeper. Whereas over time, I think being able to share the struggle, I, I don't even know what to do with my kid anymore. Or I had an argument with my wife. I don't know if I'd say that to another female, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Where they see real struggles that that we face, and I would hope over time the difference they would see was that there is a underlying hope that's pushing me. Even though we've got the same struggles, there is some something that I go to in Christ. There's this ultimate hope that's there that those outside of Christ don't have. And you can say that, but they need to see it. They need to smell it. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think um, there's a book that I I think when you read it, you asked me why it took me so long to recommend it to you, but but it's called The Cure. And yeah. there's, there's yeah. lots of different, there's polarizing opinions of this book, but the grace focus of it, the one of the takeaways that I really appreciate is how he describes, you know, Jesus isn't like standing across from you with hands on his hips, looking at you and going, what are you going to do about your sin? Mm-hmm. He, he's got his arm around us, looking at our sin with us and saying, I, I did something about that. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many churched people. Yeah. Thank God has got his hand on his hips. Yeah saying i'm ready to take you down you know better than that yeah much less somebody that's outside of christ well you hit it on the head i mean the 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 ongoing nature of your growing friendship with your with the woman that lady who cut your hair like she that's a regular for you Mm -hmm. right it's not wouldn't be for me or paul but that's a regular well i don't have any hair i mean but but you know, that's a regular for you. And so the ongoing nature of that gives you some, some opportunity mm-hmm. to over time, earn that trust to over time, be able to let her see why the gospel matters to you too. I, Mike Glenn tweeted out about it this week. And it's something that we've said on the podcast before already that the world doesn't need us to, to tell them why they need the gospel. They need us to let them know why we do, mm. why we need it. And I didn't see that tweet. That's good. So what does it what does it say? The world is looking to see. This is Mike Glenn's tweet. 
uh, from, I think, yesterday. The world is looking to see the real difference Jesus makes in our lives before they'll talk to us about the difference Jesus can make in theirs. That's good. And that's good, you know? So, so let's talk about that, right? Like even that quote right there is a good segue into it. You know, everybody has a story. Last week we talked about how every person's story is significant, no matter how unexciting or dramatic, either way that we think it is, right? We may think it's the most boring, ridiculous story. We also talked about in that podcast, understand that you're not just giving your story of salvation or when you trusted it might be a way that the gospel is coming to bear in your life now, in your marriage or in some other, you know, in a friendship, in a work dealing, in, in a thought life, whatever, you know, an insecurity or a fear, whatever, however the gospel is coming to bear now, even that is part of the story that you can connect to someone else. Maybe talk about, talk a little bit about um, how would you encourage those listening to, what are some things they could practically do that help them connect their story with the story of the people that welcome them into their lives. It's everywhere. If you're looking. Yeah. Um, I w- and this is, this is going to sound so elementary, especially to those listening, but I think it begins by asking God to make you to help you to come alive to what he's doing. Um, yesterday, just yesterday I get home Supper's going to be a little while. I'm starving, so I go grab a big handful of goldfish. Cheesy goodness. And my son, Seth, my 12-year-old, was playing basketball. And so I go with my handful of cheesy goodness, and I, and I see that there's another kid out there with it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, let him, I'll let him go play. My, my wife and other two kids, I think, were up at the pool or something at the neighborhood pool. And I go and I look around and I see this this other kid's dad I'd never met before hmm. standing at the light post by the oh and I'm, my first thought to be honest was like ah good grief but the day before I had just preached on interruptions as divine appointments so I'm like golly Moses I mean you were trying to enjoy your goldfish I was I mean for yeah. Real? Yeah. Uh, actually they were whales oh whales. Stouffer's whales no. not goldfish yeah it's I like those I like those better man those are those are oh God, <laughs> so good I could go for a handful right now well anyway and so I I was like yeah I, I need to go out there well we we talked for a few minutes get to know each other he lived not very far from me we'd never met and and he <laughs> he asked me what I did and I, I told him, well, I made the mistake first of asking him what he did. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he asked back and, uh, shut down, shut down. Usually it's where, or, uh, oh, we go to, this was, uh, I think maybe we talked about the NBA final, NBA playoffs for a little bit and then that was about it. But I've got to think to your question, your question is how to connect. Before he left, I said, I said, I looked at his little boy and I said, he is welcome here anytime. Hmm. If he loves basketball, my son Seth loves basketball. And if, if you need to know where he is, if we need to connect where we can exchange phones, where I can tell you, send him home where you want me to send, let's do that. It's good. I, it, it may never, but that's, that's a small way. Yeah. He has a kid who likes basketball. I have a kid who likes basketball. Sure. 
you know, next time I see him, I'm going to ask him about what he thought about the Rockets Warriors because that's what we talked about for yeah. a few minutes, you yeah. know. And so hopefully next time I'll be able to say, okay, what do you think? And when is your son going to be able to play next? Yeah. And that kind of thing. And so I think there's things like that everywhere. Yeah. If we're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's helping you answer no, it's your super question helpful. or not. It's super helpful. Because I think what I hope that our listeners are hearing you say is, well, there's several things. But but one thing in particular is I hope they're hearing you say, just be normal. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and, I, and it's funny. Yeah. We laugh at that yeah. because it's, we know. it's true. Yeah. That that it's like almost it's almost like in our evangelism trainings over the years, we forgot how to how remind people yeah. hey, you, you're human. Don't don't not be human. Mm. Yeah. Right. Don't try to be superhuman. Mm. <laughs> don't try to be yeah. super spiritual. Yeah. Be normal. Yeah. Right. And you're a tall dude who probably digs basketball. Yeah. The dad digs basketball. The two kids are playing basketball. Yeah. You just talked about basketball. Yeah. And you may not have had the chance. He didn't welcome you. Yeah. Right. That's that's a principle that yeah. I think Jesus taught his followers yeah. is you look for who welcomes you. He didn't welcome you. Mm, no, you could have forced it. Yeah. And you probably would have never seen his kid again playing right. with your kid. Right. But you might now because you didn't force it. Yeah. Right. And you were able to talk about, you know, how Harden dribbles too much and. I'm, my bad. That's NBA. So, but like you were able to talk about, you know, he's got a great beard though. He I does mean, have a great beard. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You're able to talk about that, you know, the normal stuff and help him even see that you're normal. And then you were hospitable to him. You said, man, anytime, yeah. you know, you want to come hang or your child wants to come play ball, mm -hmm. be normal. Yeah. Right. I hope, I hope that's what our folks are hearing. Like you, you don't, this doesn't have to be, it all gets into one sales job mm -hmm. into one moment. If it's an ongoing thing, that's beautiful too. Yeah. In fact, that's probably the norm yeah. and just be you be normal and watch how God connects your normal or in some of our cases, right? Mine too. Some of our even abnormals yeah. with other normals yeah. and abnormals around us. So glad you said that because I grew up and I still think I got to have the right formula and I've heard Mike Glenn say this before. I wish I could take credit for it, but it's so true. They never ask the right questions in the right order. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you memorize these gospel presentations, and all these are great. You need more tools in your toolbox. Sure. I get that, uh, but it, it is, and I, and I and I do so, still. Like yesterday, I'm like I should have said something else. I should have done something else. But it would have shut him down. I mean, he was already shut down when he heard what I did. Yeah, and I hope to your point that because I didn't. He knows that I'm not out just gonna, just gonna throw it down his throat. Yeah, uh, unless it's basketball, and then of course I'll dunk. Oh, it down then his you throat. better block yeah, it yeah, back sure, in his face sure, for real. Sure. I agree. <laughs> well, and and I love that you said that because I think it's not the block part, but the yeah. other. I, I think I think it's so. I, I, man, I just hope our people. I hope you guys listening can process this. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know all the right tools. You don't have to, you're not always going to seal the deal and sell the day. It's not always going to be a closed thing. There are going to be a lot of conversations that we have where, um, where it isn't even about you had the right answer. You didn't have the right answer, but you made someone feel like they mattered. Mm -hmm. You made someone feel the way that Jesus ultimately would hope that they feel, mm -hmm. which is to him worth dying for. Mm -hmm. That's good. And, and I think, I think in that, in that moment, for whatever reason, right, he, he stayed shallow. He, he, he recoiled a little bit, but he did stay. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, he did. And he did engage with you and, and you engaged with him. And, and I think, you know, I, I hope our folks listening can understand like you, you, you don't have to, this is a lot more normal of a thing than we think it is. Nobody in the equipping for this, nobody's expecting any of you to be able to come back and say, I had 55 successful gospel conversations last week. (laughs) Nobody's even hoping you say I had 55 last year necessarily. Like that's awesome. Right. I think we all would do cartwheels if we, if that was the case. Right. But, but I think, I think what we are just hoping is that we'll have them, mm-hmm. that it'll become something that's so significant in our own lives that we can't help but talk about it yes. with the people that welcome it and yes. with the people that we're able to engage with. And then it is, I don't want to say simply because it's supernatural, but isn't it simply joining Jesus in what he's doing? I mean, the text this week is Acts 4, right? When did it say that, when did Luke say the Holy Spirit came upon Peter? When he was about to speak. He didn't say he was filled of the Holy Spirit and he all of a sudden had a gospel conversation opportunity. It was, this is an incredible opportunity to preach Jesus. I'm just going to join him. And the Holy Spirit empowered him to say what came out. It was pretty good what came out. It's real good. Uh, But it's, it is, if it's, and that's why I started with that prayer piece. If you're alive to what he's doing, yeah, it's simply joining him. Yeah. And I don't know if there's anything greater to live for than that. Well, and you hit it on the head right there. It 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 it's that shift mentally as Christ followers from I don't have to go do this for Jesus. Yeah. I, I get to do it with him. Yeah. And and people will 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 kind of discount that and say that's just semantics or but man, I keep finding not only in my own life, but in others that, that, you know, who hear then they process that, that it really is empowering and freeing and makes it more, okay, I'm, I'm out looking for what Jesus is mm-hmm. up to. You got some whales, Paul? I've never had whales. I think oh, those dude. are too adult for me. Dude, you got I'll it. stick you, with the super you, cheesy blast goldfish. Oh, well, uh, those are good too. I'm encouraged on multiple layers by you. Uh, one is that you don't feel pressure to close the deal, but you still recognize that it's in the back of your mind. So I think that's, you know, Satan pushing you, Matt, you're not good enough, Matt, you're inadequate, you didn't close the deal. But you understand through ongoing relationship, this stuff will naturally happen, that, that you're being the presence of Christ. And it's so reflective of, I think, a biblical theology is that the Holy Spirit does the converting we bring the presence. The Holy Spirit mm. does the converting. Mm. So the pressure should That's be low. Quote, the yeah. pressure ought to be low on us. And I just can't think of anything more mundane than you with a handful of goldfish walking to a street corner uh, to just welcome a guy and say you appreciate his son. It's so simple. But in doing so, you've stated where you stand in Christ. You know, I pastor a, a Baptist church, a Bible-believing church. Uh, you demonstrated the hospitality of Christ by welcoming his son into your life, by welcoming him into your life. And you are just living the presence of Christ in front of this mm-hmm. guy. That has an effect. Uh, it might not be the immediate effect that we want, but I think it's celebrated. Mm-hmm. I think it's celebrated. Mm-hmm. This this is kind of to the point, but it's something that I've thought up several times in this con- conversation that I want to I mention and just get your guys' thoughts on it. I, I'm, I quoted this Sunday morning. And I'm going to botch the quote just like I probably did Sunday. But 
I'm a huge Eugene Peterson fan. And uh, I would I would do my soul well just to read him and him only for three or four years. I may, I may do that. And I can't remember the name of the book, so I'm sorry. But in one of his books, he says, instead of counting how many people we talk to about Jesus, why don't we at the end of our day evaluate how many people we've listened to in Jesus? It's good. He's not saying don't speak about Jesus, but he's saying, when, when have you listened to see what he's doing right in front of you? Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I think that's what we've been saying. It is what we've been saying. And, I, and I, it, it's my heart in this. I mean, I think, I think our members may see that vision piece, 500,000 gospel conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and if, especially if they don't know that we're, you know, we're, we're a one church family, but in a lot of different neighborhoods with different locations and we're, you know, we're, 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 there are a lot of people involved. They may not, they may think, okay, you do want me to have 55 uh-huh. gospel conversations yeah, well, it, yesterday. Especially right? Baptist. It's like a million more in 84. Yeah, that's, exactly. Let's I mean, do the numbers. Yeah. You know, and I think, and that's not what we're after. Right. Right. You know, I, I think it's so important. I know, especially because of the way you reacted with that gentleman, I know that you did not see him as a project, hmm. nor did you just see him as someone you were trying to proselytize. Hmm you genuinely brought in your own way what a life-giving, abundant life in Christ kind of message and heartbeat and presence would be, like Paul said. And that's what this is about, man. This is not just about let's get more church members mm-hmm. or let's... This is not about that. This is about abundant life in Christ. Huh. And so understand that God may use your story or even just a snippet of a part of your past, your experiences, how you've overcome a fear or an insecurity or a worry or how God provided or how he met you in some way in your own relationships or in a work situation or just personal fears or depression or whatever those elements that ways that the gospels come to bear in your life. God's spirit, if you love well and if you see others the way Jesus does and if you look for him, like you said, you know, then you're going to, you're going to discover that he's already up to wanting everyone, yeah. like he said, to have that abundant life in Christ, yeah. you know? And so we'll close out with this. Just what, what, as you finish this series out, right. Talking about, you'll be my witnesses. You, you know, I, th- I think I know you well enough to know that there's a couple things you're really probably hoping for. There's things you're preaching to even every week where you're thinking, man, if we can emphasize these few things, I think our people might catch some of this. And not everybody's going to take everything we preach and take it home with them, right? What? It's, yeah, exactly. So you you know that's the case. But but it, I think I think as you think ahead, what are you really hoping? One or two things that you're really hoping the church at West Franklin, the people that, that hear you continue and finish out this series, what are you really hoping they take away? This past Sunday, Acts 3, I got very, very burdened for our people. Hmm. I hope I always am in, in, a, in a healthy way, but it's... This text, I'm going. I'm, I'm answering your question. No, so. I hear you. Mm-hmm. This lame man. This lame man was 
spent his entire life looking for money, and people gave him money. And Peter and John said, we, we don't have it. And I asked the question, what if they had money? And are we guilty of giving away what we have? Meaning, if they had been consumed with making more, being successful in the business world, being changed by money, um, be, putting their hope in money, then they would have seen some people walk into the temple and give some quarters and then say, well, I've got a 10. Yeah. I'm give a little more. Nothing wrong with that. That has its place to minister to people. But they gave what they had. Yeah. And what they had was a overflowing relationship with the risen Jesus. And I wonder if we're guilty, we give what we have. Yeah. And the opposite of that or the negative to that is you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. And so to answer your question, Jason, my burden for this series and for, their, for the whole time God has me at this campus is gospel conversations isn't a category. It is an overflow of what you have. Yeah, of who you are and what you have. And if right. it's not happening, it's probably because you may not be having a ongoing relationship with Jesus. Hmm. And if you have to force it, and, and Mike said this, and it's so true, you don't have to give a grandparent resources on how to talk about their grandchild. That's right. Right? You, It, it, it just comes. Um, I don't, when, when, if Auburn ever beats Alabama again <laughs> in football, you're never going to have to train me on how to talk about that. Yeah. Especially with Mike. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come. That's right. And so, yes, have more tools in your toolbox. Great. But if helping the, helping myself and the people I lead see, you cannot give what you do not have. Hmm. And Peter and John says, we don't have this, but we got this. Mm. And that money's going to get you another meal today, but let me change your life. Yeah. And I wonder if I don't study human behavior so much. I think I know human behavior some. I don't study it, human science, uh, the science of it. But I, I think that we are wired to give away what we have. Yeah. And I wonder if so many times we just don't know what to say, so we're just going to throw money at it. Hmm. Instead of here's what Jesus is doing in my life. Yeah. It's more like we're communicating money's changing me. So here, hmm. instead of Jesus changing me, hmm. uh, Williamson County, you know, that's a good word. That's a, that's a, a strong word. And I'm, I love that you shared that. And I think, I think, um, man, my prayer is that our listeners would hear that and just really process the richness of what it would mean if we were so with Jesus, if we lived such a life that, that he went in and out of every room of our heart and mind and every facet of our ups and our downs, our highs and our lows, the darkest parts of our lives and the, and the shiniest polished mm -hmm. parts of our lives. And, and we, and we recognize that he's the same good King in every one of those areas. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. 
and this life with him, right? That, that, that we, we want to share that with someone else. Yeah. We want to talk. And I, I love, I love that you highlighted that this isn't just a task. And man, I, I don't mind telling you, and I'm probably being a little too transparent here, but my fear in our, across our church families, if we emphasize gospel conversations so much but we don't talk about what you just talked about, which is a disciple making life with Jesus. So being a disciple of Jesus. And if we are a disciple of Jesus, we will begin to go do the things Jesus does because we're, we want to be where he is going where he is. And so we would become a disciple maker with him. Right. And my hope is that we won't miss that, that identity with him, that with Jesus life is how all of this works Otherwise, it is just a task, mm-hmm. right? In, in other words, if it's not overflowing out of that identity, it is just another task mm-hmm. that we're lining up or yeah. signing up to yeah. do. I, I closed with this on Sunday, and if I'm talking too much about Sunday, no, tell good. me. But it did. I, <clears throat> if, if I could have preached six times on Acts 3 and just hitting that over and over, and I hope to hit that same thing, but... I spent a long time talking about verse four, where they, where Luke records, they looked at him and said, look at us. Hmm. The story would have been okay. It would have been fine if he hadn't recorded that. But there's something about that. Yeah. And so I, I talked a while about looking at people, making their story, you know, understanding their story. But I, I closed with this. I said, when was the last, if, if some, here's how I put it. If someone looked you in the eye and with their eyes said, help me. Would you have enough of Jesus changing you to be able to tell them about it? Hmm. Could you say, well, here's how he's changing me right now. Because hmm. if you don't, something's wrong. Yeah. You're not walking with Jesus. Hmm. You're doing something, but you're not, you're not walking with Jesus because he is alive, right? Yep. <laughs> and and he, he's, he's always w- working. And so if somebody looks you in the eye and you know their story, and they're saying with the, not saying with their lips, but with their eyes, help me. And they bumped into you. Would, would that spill out? Hmm. Because that's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. He's changing you and you may not have all the answers, but you can say, well, here's what he, here's how he spoke to me. Hmm. Here's how he changed my anxiety. Hmm. You know, that's good. That's good. It's funny. I've not thought about. That what I'm about to say until you just said that I've, I've thought about the importance I have thought about before the importance of Jesus and Peter's eyes meeting after Peter denied him. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but I want to say that's in Luke. So anyway, it might be interesting to look through and see how yeah. often Luke, um, points to that. The seeing connection. Yeah. I, I mentioned Sunday that Jesus taught his disciples how to see. Yeah. But I didn't go through to look. Yeah, it's you know, good. I, I gave the impression that I'd studied all the Gospels this week. But. <laughs> you made yourself tell God. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, this the, you, when you said that, it made me think of something I've said to my oldest son several times, you know, that, that, that my dad said to me. I mean, I'm passing on what dad gave to me, and that is if you, if you really love someone, you care more about their story than your story. Mm. And, and that's what you're saying. Like look for, yeah. look, look for Jesus, look into the eyes of the people that yeah. he puts in your path. Why and, do so many of us Christians talk all the time? Yeah. I mean, have you noticed that? I mean, of course, here we are doing this 30 minute podcast and the whole time <laughs> talking, but sometimes I'm just like, just shut up. Yeah. 
That's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. Well, it's funny because in the gospel conversations <laughs> trainings, I think in our first round back in the before Christmas, people were a little surprised that came that we spent the bulk of it talking about listening well and asking good questions. Oh man. That's what Jesus did. You know, and I, I think, you know, that those were the two practices we were hoping people walked away really challenged by. And, and so, you know, if you're hearing this today, you're listening in, just remember, like, like Matt was saying, I mean, you, you look for those opportunities, you listen well, you, you engage, you, you, and like, like Peter and John said to him, look at us, you know, and they, they noticed him mm-hmm. and they were able to have that engagement together. So, man, thank you for coming in and oh, thank you thank for you. this time. Thank and, you. I appreciate you too. And so much what you do. Oh man, Paul, thank you for hosting us here as well. And, uh, uh, we look forward to next week and, I said earlier, I'll say it real quick again. Um, I don't mind giving my email out because I never check it anyway. That That's a joke, but no, I'm just kidding. But but uh, no, I, I'm just kidding. So email me, jdukes at brentwoodbaptist.com. Um, or we may have, I'll have to see if we have like a generic one but that we can give out to, but that you may feel more comfortable. But if you don't mind emailing me personally, you can email me, jdukes at brentwoodbaptist.com. If you have any questions about what was said today or or and uh, we'll certainly try to hit up some of those questions on one of the next podcasts coming up. And we appreciate you tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.